Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Today I want to talk to us about what it means to be an empowered church. Um, so before we do that, I'll just pray and then we'll, we'll read Matthew 9, 35 and 38 together. Father, thank you that we are here together. And I pray this morning, this afternoon, that you would um, you'd speak to us, help us to, to see what, what you want us to be as a church, and that uh, we would go in boldness and, and empower to bring the gospel to Kelowna. Uh, we pray that as we read your word today, that, that our hearts would be spoken to and uh, and Lord, that that would filter out in our actions. We pray this in your name. Amen. So Matthew 9, 35, if you have a Bible, um, you can follow along. If not, um, I'm going to read it. So starting in verse 35, Jesus continued going around to all of the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were distressed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So there's four things I, I want us to look at today. Um, and it's this. An empowered church is centered around the gospel. An empowered church sees the need. An empowered church prays. An empowered church sends. So the first one is an empowered church is centered around the gospel. And I think... The gospel has to be the center of everything that we do. It has to be the starting point. For us to be effectively empowered as, as a church, we first must be centered around Jesus. And, and he will be the framework for which we do everything in Kelowna and with our church. So if you look at verse 35, it said, Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching in the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. So if you look at what Jesus is doing, he's doing a few things. He's, he's preaching and he's teaching and he's healing. Why? Because I think we all need it. You need it, I need it, their church needs it, and especially I think our world needs it. Jesus is preaching and teaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you, but I, I need some good news. I think the world we live in has a whole lot of bad news. Every time I turn the TV on or I open Twitter, we see a whole lot of bad news. And there's something I think that we like about bad news, but the problem is it never actually gives us hope. And here's why we need the gospel today. Here's why is we need hope. Now, if you, if you reflect on yourself a little bit, there's lots of voices out there that, that tell us untrue things about who we are which helps us to lose hope. Maybe things like you're not loved or you're, you're not enough, you're, not, you're a failure, you're not worthy, you're too far gone, or, or no one will ever forgive you. In light of Christ, in light of the gospel, none of those things are true. And if you've heard those kind of, of voices, I want to offer you some hope through Jesus that says that Jesus came to save sinners. That's you and I, dead in our sin, hopeless, until Jesus said, I'm going to come and I'm going to rescue you. And we see that's what Jesus was doing as he's going around to all these towns and villages. And he's saying, you guys need to be rescued. 
here's the, the requirement. That you turn from your sin, you follow God. You follow after Jesus. And what we see over and over and over again is when we give our lives to Jesus, he gives us a new life and he gives us a new identity. And, and, then we, and because of the resurrection, we know that we're loved, that we're given mercy, that we're forgiven, that we're, we're told that we're worthy because of Jesus, that we're not condemned, that we're not defined by our past, and that our future is actually determined. And I think for, for a sinner like you and I, that is some pretty good news. And Jesus does it because he loves you and he cares for you. Paul says this in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us that this, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. You know what's interesting about that is, is Jesus says, while you're a sinner, not once your stuff is together, not once your life is together, not once you become a better person or you started reading your Bible, it's while you were a sinner, Jesus demonstrated his love by dying for you. And I think the more times we make excuses about about that, we miss out on Jesus. So why do we need the gospel of Jesus then? Well, first, we need Jesus to save us from our sin. But second, it's freedom. We believe that the gospel sets you free. And, and this is a, a purpose statement that we have on our website. It says this, we believe that God redeems us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. But we are people changed by this message, and it affects the way we live, work, and play. We believe that the gospel, it affects every part of your life, the way you live, the way you work, the way you play. It affects every desire and every motivation and everything. It affects even the way you eat. You can, you can eat a steak to the glory of God. You can enjoy creation to the glory of God. You can enjoy a great glass of wine to the glory of God. You can enjoy the lake to the glory of God. The gospel gives you freedom to glorify God in everything you do. So then the question I have is, are you free? And I think the starting point for some of you today might be asking, am I free? We want you to be free. We want you to experience Jesus so that you can experience freedom because before we can be, I think, an empowered church, we need to be a free church. And that is only possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus. So I would encourage you if, you, if you haven't made that decision, that you talk to someone today, and that you would you'd find what it feels like to experience the freedom that is in Jesus. Now some of you have been a Christian for a long time. And you've maybe heard the gospel a thousand times. But here's the thing, I think we need to be reminded of the gospel all the time because we forget things all the time. Um, one of the things that I, I forget all the time is where I put my car keys. And that happens multiple times a day where I cannot find my car, car keys. And, and it happened so much that this past week, um, Anna bought me these air tags to put on my keys so that I could GPS to where they are in the house. Ah, all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. We forget things all the time. And we need to be reminded of the gospel all the time. We need our lives to be centered on the gospel all the time. And that, that's not just yearly or monthly. That's daily. And when you center yourself daily around the person of Jesus, then you're reminded that your identity is secured 
in Christ, not in what the world tells you or, or what your performance is or, or what people think you should be. The other thing is you don't need to worry about anything because you know that Jesus is in control. And then also you don't have to worry about condemnation because your sin has been forgiven and has been paid for. And you don't have to feel shame because Jesus said he would take that away. And that's a freeing way to live. It's an empowering way to live. And so an empowered church always begins by centering yourself around the gospel, the person and the presence of Jesus. And Jesus was going around all the towns and the villages telling people that they needed to be rescued by him. So the second thing, an empowered church sees a need. If you look at verse 36, it said, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus sees a need. Says he had compassion, or some translations say it's almost like a pity, but it's like a deep compassion towards people. Why? Probably because he saw the pain, the sickness, the demons, the afflictions, the sufferings. He probably saw the sorrow and the sadness on the people, the hunger, whether that's physically or spiritually the loneliness or the isolation, or maybe even the religious confusion. Now, if we step back for a moment, one of the things that, that Jesus would be moved to compassion about Kelowna, if he was looking at Kelowna, what would he see and what, where would his heart break for people in Kelowna? I think there's a lot of things on that list that would, that would fit, but there's one in particular that I just want to look at today. And it's this idea of loneliness and isolation. And I'm pretty sure Jesus' heart would break for that. Because Kelowna, I've noticed, has a whole lot of lonely people. And loneliness manifests itself in, in many different ways. But first, we know that loneliness is not good. It's, we're not designed to be in isolation. And, and so, um, one of the things we're going to be doing in the fall is looking in depth at what loneliness does to us and, and, and why we need a friend. But here's the thing, when you're lonely, you'll do whatever it takes to not be lonely and isolated, even at the cost of maybe who God has created you to be. And here's how loneliness manifests itself. Conformity. And conformity looks like trying to be someone you're not. It's putting on all these, these sort of metaphorical masks around people so that you fit in and you're loved and you're accepted. The only problem is that's pretty exhausting. We were all created unique. To conform is to say how God has wired me, how God has built me, was wrong. And I'll sacrifice who God wants me to be just so I can have a friend. That's pretty devastating, but I've seen it in Kelowna. The second one is to try and impress. We see this all the time, oh, if I have a bigger house or a cooler boat or a, a faster car or more things, that people will, will like me. But the problem is you end up attracting the people who like your things but not you. And so again, there's this, this illusion of friendship that never actually satisfies. That sounds like a lot. The third one is shallowness. And, and for some reason, we've lost vulnerability with one another. We see this on social media where we have to portray our lives as, as perfect, but in reality our lives are far from it. 
And unfortunately, it's, it's crept into our culture where we're afraid to tell people who we actually are. And so if we do have friends, it only goes surface so that they don't know us truly. So we know that loneliness is a problem. And I've heard the story of the story, especially even in our church, of, of people who lived in Kelowna for years and could not find anybody to be a friend with. And so I think this is an opportunity for us to be an empowered church. So an empowered church sees that need. And as the gospel shapes our hearts, and as we start to see things the way Jesus sees, we start to have our hearts break for things that we see in Kelowna. And so through, through prayer and discernment, right, on, right away we realized that that Live Free Church, we wanted to be a place where people could meet with God, but also have authentic, vulnerable, real conversations, where you didn't have to pretend to be someone else, but you could come and you could explore God exactly who you are. And so we call those things community groups. And at this point, it is really our main ministry. And so if you're not a part of a community group, yet, we hope that you join one. Here's what we don't want to see in, in community groups. Conformity, the need to impress, or the fear of being vulnerable. Come exactly how God has uniquely created you to be. Lifty community groups are there so you can explore God with friends. So an empowered church is centered around the gospel, and an empowered church sees the need of the community. The third thing is an empowered church prays. Verse 37 says this, when he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. I read this in a commentary this week. He said, the Pharisees, who were sort of the religious guys coming up against Jesus all the time, saw the common people as chaffed to be destroyed and burned up. Jesus saw them as a harvest to be reaped and saved. So as you come to prayer, how do you view people? When you come to pray for people in Kelowna, how do you view people? Do you see them as sinful people that just need to be burned? Or, or do you see them as broken people that need to be saved? Because I think that will vastly affect your prayer life and how your, your prayer posture is. If you think people are too bad to be saved, then, then you need to remind yourself of the gospel again. That you are a sinner who also needed to be saved. There is no one that's too far gone, too sinful, too messed up, too far away from the love and the mercy of Christ. And God can soften the hardest of hearts. And, and I hope as Live Free Church we would share stories of people being rescued from their sin. But there's a problem. The workers are few, but the harvest is few. So what does God ask us to do? He asks us to pray. And we know that the work begins with prayer. An empowered church is a, is a church that prays. Why? Because I think God wants you guys all to participate. Here's the thing about, about prayer, is it centers your heart around God's heart, God, around God's desires, around God's will, God's plan, and God's purposes. And it says that I'm not in control, but God is in control. So what holds us back from praying for the workers. I think the main thing is that we just don't believe that there's a harvest. We don't believe that, that God is actually doing something in Kelowna. But he is. And he's told us that he is. And here's what happens when we pray. 
Jesus said he will send workers into the field. And here's something. I think Jesus wants us to participate because can you imagine the joy that you would have in leading a friend to Christ? The joy that you would have, but even the joy God would have seeing that you had a, a, a participation through prayer in that. And, and what that does is that actually leads us to worship. God allows us to participate so that I think we could joyfully worship Him when we see Him doing incredible things. So what we do as an empowered church, we pray. We pray for the workers to go into the harvest. And where is the harvest? I think it's in Kelowna. I think there is a harvest there. And I think God is asking all of us to start praying for Kelowna and for the people in Kelowna. Because I think he's going to change lives. And could you imagine if, if reaping that harvest meant our community groups exploded? Because I think there's an opportunity there. And I'm praying that God will show us more and more people being set free in the gospel than we can ever imagine. So pray for the workers. An empowered church is centered around the gospel. An empowered church sees the need. An empowered church prays. And then the fourth thing, an empowered church sends. Who does God send? Well, praying for workers can often be a bit of a scary prayer because more, more often than not, God ends up asking you to go. You're the worker. I remember once um, working in a shop in a, back in Salmon Arm, and it was a bit of a boring day. I was doing a bit of a mundane job, and, and in my head, I just started praying for some of the guys in the shop. And I remember at one point praying that someone would go talk to this one person um, in the shop. And I remember God saying, well, why don't you do it? I'm like, ah, I don't really want to do it. Um, but I'll keep praying for someone else to do it. And then again, God's like, no, I think you're the one to do it. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm ready to do it. And so I'm like, okay, you bring the guy to me, I'll talk to him. And literally, as I said that, the guy gets up from the station and starts walking towards me, wanting to talk about Christian stuff. And, and I was just, I just remember being shocked that the guy can use you, he can use me. So then why are the workers so few? I think, I think sometimes in North America we've had this idea that in, in churches that it's, it's only the pastors that ever do the work. But here's our job, and it's equipping saints for ministry, which is a, a reference to Ephesians 4.12, and, and who are the saints? It's you guys. Our job is to help you guys do ministry. We are the worker, but you guys are also the workers. And so an empowered church prays for the workers, which is for you guys too. Oh, uh, but God won't send me. I'm not holy enough, or I'm not put together enough, or, or maybe I'm not good with words. I think God uses usually the most unlikely people to accomplish his plans. And here's the, here's the promise too, is you have the Holy Spirit who's with you, helping you, equipping you, and empowering you to do it. And here's the other thing, is God has equipped you all uniquely for ministry. Some of you are, are great evangelists. You're, you're able to just talk to people about your faith easily. Some of you are teachers or preachers, and you're great at just conveying truth to people. Some of you are leaders, and, and you're going to be the ones leading our community groups. 
Some of you are, are hospitable and, and you're great at just having people in your home and making people feel welcomed and heard. Some of you are, are generous. And through your generosity, we're able to do more than we could have ever imagined. Some of you are compassionate and merciful and, and you can see people. Some of you are encouraging and we all need encouraging people in our lives. Some of you are, are more than behind the scenes. You're, you're, you're serving and you're, you're loving people. And some of you are prayer warriors. That's, that's another thing that we need is people praying. God has wired you all uniquely for ministry. You all have a piece to play in Live Free Church. You've uniquely been equipped to reach people who are unchurched, unloved, lonely, broken with the gospel. And I think that's in Kelowna. So wherever God has placed you, maybe it's your sports team or your work or your schools, Wherever it might be, I think God has you exactly where he wants you to be to reach the people that God is saying there's a harvest out there. We have no idea the people that God is going to save. And here's the thing, you're never alone to do it. First, you do have the Holy Spirit helping you, but also you have a church behind you, a church that's ready to help you in every way you can. So if you need prayer, ask your community group for prayer. One of the things our community group did um, is we have like a, a chat on Facebook Messenger where people all the time just put in prayer requests so that we can all, wherever we're at, just pray for that person. We don't want you to go out and do the work without prayer. If you don't know how to, how to do certain things, like, like lead someone to Christ, then there's people here who have led people to Christ that you can ask, how, how do you do that? We want to be a church that's, that's working together for a mission and a purpose. So at this time, I'll, I'll invite the worship team to come back up. But I think we need to be a team that's, that's sending people into the harvest. I think we'll be surprised about what we see if we, as a church, unite together and start praying. I, I, don't, I, I think that the harvest is absolutely abundant. And I hope we would be a church that would tell story after story. Today we have a, a baptism, and, and that's pretty exciting. Um, we're excited to, to hopefully see more baptisms. We want to, to see baptisms all throughout the summer. We want to see people that are, that are giving their lives to Jesus all the time, and then we want to worship him for it. And that's why we want to worship today. So I hope that we would be an empowered, a church empowered by the gospel, a church empowered to see the need, a church empowered to pray, and a church that would be empowered to send. And so we know it starts with prayer, and so if you wouldn't mind just joining me in praying, and then the worship team will play a few more songs. Father, thank you that we are here in Kelowna, exactly where you want us. Lord, I pray that you give us a dream and a vision of, of what you're calling us to do, in Kelowna. Lord, I pray that you would show us more than we could have ever anticipated or imagined. I pray that you would equip us all for ministry and Lord, that you empower us by your Holy Spirit to, to do that with boldness, however we've been equipped. Lord, I pray that, 
that you would remind us of who we are in you, Jesus, that our that everything we do would be centered around what you've done for us, and Lord, that we'd be able to now share that with the world, share that with Kelowna. We pray that that even now, as we as we celebrate a baptism in a little bit, or that we our hearts would just be filled with worship. All the glory belongs to you, Jesus. And and we thank you for the work that you've already done in Lutheran Church, and we see that today. And Lord, we, we worship you anticipating what you're going to do in the future. Thank you that you love us. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.